Hello and welcome to the Manam Bomb Podcast. I'm your host, Bill Brownick. And I'm Jason Stram. We are two former University of Wisconsin Stout students and current best friends who created a podcast, a conversation show for Stout students to show who they were in college and who they become today. A fun episode or a fun interview I had, it was with Danielle Goss. She is the CEO and founder of Cool Mox, a non-alcoholic beverage company. I had a fun conversation, uh, reminisced about the classes we were in together and uh, how she kind of took this idea and ran with it. And it's pretty cool to see how like it's with Dale and other people we've interviewed, just how people went from this small place to go on to something, you know, they're creating their own thing. And I think that's the coolest thing to see. So uh, just like every, just like every college, we do have to talk about our 8 a.m. classes, like all freshmen have to do. Uh, we do have on the, the, the agenda today, we do have the week that was. Bill's Bodega had some scrumptious, delicious uh, stories to talk about. And then the top right corner. Uh, but starting off, Jason, do you want to tell me how uh, your week was? I'd love to hear about it. Yeah, sure. Uh, the weekend that was, or the week that was, has just kind of been long, arduous. It's starting to become springtime here, so everything's flooding, which is nice. I'm trying to uh, pull up on Daddington Island here and have the best lawn in the uh, in the neighborhood here. So I'm like sitting there reading Reddit's on how to set that up. I purchased off like 150 feet of garden edging that I put for the house. I'm like taking orders for a rock to get set in and things like that and landscaping equipment. So I'm dadding it up pretty, pretty hard. Uh, other than that, you know, just a shout out to my dad, 65 year old John, who uh, got in his first accident in 37 years. Oh, no. He was uh, watching some, some person on the side of the road and uh, decided that was more important than the car in front of him and rear ended it. Uh, my personal favorite was, uh, <laughs> it was like a Mercedes that it was a Mercedes SUV that he drives and he hates the thing. He like nonstop can come, just complaints about it nonstop. And then he gets in this car accident and he's like, Oh, I'm really sad to see it go. I really, I kind of liked that car. It's like, that thing sucked dad. Like it was a diesel engine that broke down all the time. It had run flats that the the tire would pop all the time. Like it barely made it from Menominee, Michigan back to where they live in Minnesota. Like, I think it came three times without an issue and they would go up like multiple times a week. Just a God awful car. And he just goes, Oh, I kind of liked it. (laughs) Seems like the the more nostalgia value was there than the uh, actual value of the car. A hundred percent. Only remembers the good things. So that's a good way to live life, though. You know. Do you, what's the what's the best memory you have of that car? Let's live up that car's last days here. Oh gosh, um, my favorite memory of that car was just the fact that it had a Mercedes emblem. It was the only thing that made that car bearable. It was the only thing that made that car look cool. Otherwise. It was a hideous interior. It was super uncomfortable. It was kind of loud because it was a diesel and it smelled kind of bad. So, oh, I, well, all right. I do have to get a shout out. So when I got my first ever puppy, shout out Rigby, uh, wherever you may be, you beautiful, beautiful <laughs> dog. Uh, so Rigby, uh, when she was a little puppy, uh, my girlfriend and I at the time were going to out of the country. Mm-hmm. And so my parents had to take over parenthood of the dog and they had it for a good week. And literally the first day they had her, they were driving her up to their uh, sailboat in Michigan and she got car sick and she puked directly in the rear air vent. They were never able to clean out the rear air vent. I offered to do that for them and bring it to the dealer. The dealer wanted $3,000 to clean out the air vent. So uh, needless to say, that car stunk like uh, dog puke (laughs) for most most of the rest of the time. That's exactly what happened. So um, 
yeah, I guess that is my favorite memory of the car. Boy, three grand to do that. I'm not a car person, but that seems like a steep hill to climb. You you take off the faceplate and then you vacuum it up. Like, I don't know, whatever. How was your week that was, Bill? Oh, it was good. Uh, but I, I just have one more backtrack here. With your dadding lawn vibe, how did how did this come into be? Well, so the when I first arrived here, I realized quickly the bar was set low. Like almost <laughs> no one has landscaping here. There's no like beautiful... Um, gardens or anything like that. It looked about half the people around here use their uh, yard as a racetrack for their either go-karts or four-wheelers or dirt bikes. So it's like the bar is set low where it's like, if I put in a tree, if I edge the side of my driveway and put in some nice landscaping rock, and then if I plant bushes, I'm going to be You're going to be number one. You're going to be... Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So it's like, now it's like, okay, if I can get a green lawn too, that's just going to shit on it. You know, and my house will look spectacular compared to the rest. So the resale value will go up. Ooh, very nice. Did you, uh, what, what type of, uh, I wouldn't say pesticide, but for lawn care, have you looked into like some of the companies where it's like all natural, where you seaweed and this and this, as opposed to the chemicals? Like, have you gone that far yet or no? No, honestly, not too much weeds grow here. Um, I'm just going to lay down a early spring fertilizer. I've been watching the papers for a coupon bill. So I just basically the fertilizer, make sure I do that. I'm going to aerate it a little bit, which just means you puncture little holes in it to make sure it can breathe and things like that and get all the water out. And then after that, just maintain. Um, I have a built-in sprinkler system. I'm not sure if I'll use it, but if the grass actually looks shitty, I'll just water it. So my biggest thing now is trying to figure out how I can get my dog to pee in the same spot over and over so they have one yellow patch instead of thousands of yellow patches. Ooh, that's pretty smart. Like, go in the corner where no one sees. Well, yeah, that's what my other dog did. She literally would go to the weeds and go to the bathroom and come back. It's like, you are the greatest dog. Good job. (laughs) Shout out to Rigby. Shout out. All right, Bill, how was your, how was your uh, traveling week that was? Uh, it was pretty good. Uh, so Victoria and I had a fun action-packed weekend. Uh, we had we went to one of her friend's house that lives in Brooklyn, Wisconsin. Uh, it's a very peaceful area, very rural, about half hour outside of Madison. Uh, we spent a night there, went to some of their local establishments, uh, had an authentic fish fry, a Wisconsin fish fry on a Friday. I'm pretty sure this is like my first one ever where it's like a true one. So I'm pretty proud of that. Fried walleye. Cod. Oh, okay. I, All right. Yeah, no cod. Definitely. I just, I sat down. I'm like, I would like the fish fry. I didn't look at the menu. <laughs> I was just like, I know what I want. Please give it to me. <laughs> this is half the reason I'm here. These people are great, but this is, this is like half of it right here. <laughs> uh, really so the culture. Yeah, but like we we spent the, the rest of the night kind of bar hopping other places, and once again broke out the pool cues. Uh, Victoria and I did beat the couple we were with, so not going to say anything. He is on a pool team in his local area, so we did beat him. So I'm just saying, pretty proud of myself. How bad is that pool team? Like how like how much must the other guy prop him up if he loses to you? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, like. Chris, I love you, buddy. You're a good guy. But he was, like, talking mad shit. He's like, oh, I, I'm, like, the best shooter on our team and all this jazz. And I'm like, oh, no, man. Seems like Victoria and I, who have no skills, just beat you. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, because I don't mean to be mean, Bill, but you're kind of a naff when it comes to anything that requires coordination. So if you're beating them, I believe in you. Maybe yeah. you found your new profession. Maybe I did. I can uh, wear the glove that's only, like, on two fingers, the thumb oh, and the index. Yeah. <laughs> 
you ever seen the Seinfeld episode where uh, George is George Costanza's father gets a uh, pool table and it's in a tiny little room. <laughs> no one can play I, it. <laughs> yeah, it's just too close to the walls. I feel like you need to do that in your apartment. Just clear the whole apartment out. Just have a pool table in there and not be able to do any full shots. So you got to get the, like little tiny pool cues. <laughs> I think our living room would be able to do it. Take out the kitchen table and just have a pool table instead. One, we'd be the coolest apartment in this place. I mean, follow your dreams. Follow. Yeah. Up. Put a thing over the felt so it becomes back to your kitchen table. Two and one. <laughs> It's so trashy. I love it. <laughs> you get done eating and then, wow, that was a pool table. Entertainment. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the, the following day, we went to Madison to see one of her childhood best friends. Uh, it was his birthday weekend. Uh, he and I did consume a fungus of sorts that uh, expanded our horizons. We went outside, ran in the, ran in the, there was this big open park. The sun was setting, saw some beautiful clouds. Did post some lovely pictures to Watercolor Sunshine MKE. Still the best name out there, Jason. Just remember that. Very memorable. <laughs> memorably, I believe, what you call it episode? Last episode, memorably dumb? Yeah, I mean, who knows? Maybe I was too harsh. You know, you, you be whatever you want. All right, Bill? That's right. Remember, folks, live the life you want to live. Yeah. Don't let bullies yeah. stop you. So then, yeah, Sunday we came back. Uh, we did get a new caterer for our wedding. Uh, so here's the craziest wedding cost. So like nine months ago, like we signed one caterer. And I, I mean, for all those going out through like an engagement or whatnot, you do feel this pressure to kind of have like everything done and set. So we went to this tasting. It was it was like average food. And they wanted like $14,000 for it. Ooh, and like, I know. So. We were like, well, like we want it to be nice. We want it to be this. Like, so, so we signed, put a thousand dollar deposit on and we're like, okay. But as time went on, I'm like, that just is stupid. And the, the location we're at, they offer for alcohol. Like you can bring in your own alcohol. So it like cuts down the cost savings. So we ended up, ended up canceling the one cater. They can keep their thousand dollar deposit because our new caterer, Plus the alcohol will still be like three grand less than what just the food would be. So I'm incredibly nice. happy, like nice money sense wise of trying to be like, yeah. so the new food we have, it is barbecue. He does do Kansas city barbecue. So I can spin it Ooh. and be like, I live there. I found this guy. What, what <laughs> Corporate yes, myself we- into this wedding, <laughs> make the wedding about you strong. Good, good. So, as and, and you know, the the initial thought, like when we were first doing it, like, well, it's barbecue; it's not the best, like X Y Z. But at the end of the day, like, it all comes down to the money and like what we are able to like financially throw a party for. Well, and that's exactly it. You, there's no reason to break the bank to do this. It's a, just an excuse for everyone to get together and celebrate love. You know what I mean? Right. And so, just do that whatever way you're comfortable with. It's not like someone's going to leave the place and go like barbecue. No. Most of the people are going to leave in like an Uber cab, not remembering anything the next day. So plus have we have with it. Plus we have an open bar. So yeah, exactly. All all night. So I yep. think it'll. I think if anything, it'll help it soak up the alcohol. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Get some of them biscuits, the Southern biscuits in there. I'm all in. <laughs> Speaking of shout biscuits. Out to, uh, oh yeah. Oh, no, who's your shout out for? Uh, my cousin who did the same thing. They just bought. Um, boxes and pawn boxes of wine and beer 
for their mm-hmm. wedding. Uh, they just went to the local Sam's Club and bought it out every time things had sales over the like a year. I think they had a year and a half to plan. Yeah, and it was fantastic. They said they spent like two thousand dollars total for one hundred and forty people or something like that. And like that's what ours is going to be around too, like twenty five hundred for all this alcohol for like two hundred to two hundred fifty people. And it's like super. We're going to give people options. We're going to keep like uh, instead of white claws or seltzers, we're going to do like flavored vodkas and club soda. It's the same there thing. But mm-hmm. I'm not spending high noon prices for four cans. That's right. That's right. Boy, high noon is not going to want to sponsor us ever again. That's right. High noon's overrated. I'm calling it now. <laughs> Trying the coattails. <laughs> so, White Claw, the OG for you? Oh, God. I just, no. I think the OG for me would have to be Four Loco. Like the original Four Loco, the one that people died off of Four Loco, not this, not this new stuff that has half the caffeine. Uh uh-uh. uh. Uh uh. Back in but our you... day, the government just let loose. <laughs> Back in our day. <laughs> but speaking of food, I wanna I wanna guide you to your table to Bill's Bodega, Jason. So welcome. Uh, I did so. I did have some free time this past week, and uh, one day I did spend it baking cookies particular reason no just had an itch to do it and sometimes you just got to scratch that itch jason uh so do you have like a recipe that's ever been like passed down through your family it's like this is the family secret you know we're not much for well okay my grandma was a fantastic baker my mom is terrible like great evidence of that is tonight we wanted to make a pie and like we always just do fruit pies so we brought strawberries blackberries and blueberries and you just throw it in a little slurry with um some sugar, and then you're supposed to put cornstarch in there. Mm-hmm. Somehow we don't have any cornstarch left. So, you know, I was like, you know what? Let me call my mom, who, you know, was a chef by trade for six and a half years or something like that, you know, cooked some pretty good food, worked at the Playboy Club in Lake Geneva, yada, yada, yada. I call her up and she goes, Well, do you really need cornstarch? I don't think you need anything. You know, soak it all up in the, the pot or in the, the pastry. Like, you don't need to worry about the juices. So we listened to her advice. We cook our pie for 40 minutes at 350 degrees, and it comes out like soup. <laughs> soup, yeah. <laughs> so we are definitely not strong bakers in our family, but I guess the one hand-me-down that I really, really love is from my grandfather's Czechoslovakian family. Uh, he immigrated when he was like 19 or 20, so I guess that's the 40s. Um, and it's called plum dumplings. And basically what it is is you core a plum when they're in mm-hmm. season, you wrap that thing in some pastry dough or some homemade dough, which is preferable. You boil it in some salted water, and then you serve it just simply with a little bit of butter and a little bit of sugar, and it is the greatest thing in the entire world. Really? I've never – I can't really say I've ever had a plum, but that does sound quite intriguing. Wait, you've never ate a plum before, even like the fruit bear? I don't think so. Holy shit. <laughs> okay. Today I learned. Butter. I will say that's not an exotic fruit either. Like this isn't, you know, even a mango for God's sakes. I can understand having a little difficulty with that, but a plum. Yeah. I mean, I was a picky eater growing up and then your, your habits develop over time. I'm, I'm very happy to be eating like broccoli and Brussels sprouts now. So hey, well, this is a step in the right direction. Good for you, Bill. Thanks. And if, and if any college kids are out there and you're like, boy, I want a healthy meal, but vegetables taste like garbage. Well, salt, little pepper, olive oil, 375, 25 minutes, you'll be good. Nice, crispy, whatever it is. So that's my tip to you. Speaking of those college kids, what what's your favorite memory from that cafeteria of ours, the commons? 
Uh, our college was great. I'm sure everyone I talk to always talks about how good their college food was and how great their commissary was. And I'm doing the same thing. I thought Stout's commissary was the best. So like we had like the little credit card where you preloaded all your meals on it. And mm-hmm. you just go through and you swipe every time. Um, my personal favorite was stealing the food. Uh, that was like, a good one. <laughs> one of my personal favorites was the chicken and waffles. So you, in the morning, like they serve fried chicken breast. But they also served waffles. And it's like you had to pay each individual full meals for both of those. But if you just took that chicken and you put it underneath the waffle and you put the waffle on your plate, no one's rummaging around on your plate trying to see what you got. So that was a good standout for me. And then the KFC Bowl, which I feel like was on every campus. That was an instant classic as well. How about you? Uh, let's see. In the in the morning, I always got eggs. Uh, you round, You go right up the stairs. You round that corner. Boom, eggs right in front of you. I remember doing the chicken and waffles one Saturday morning. I'm like, this is genius. Why didn't I think of this sooner? Yeah, we and talked then, about uh, it when we were living together. <laughs> and then uh, most of the time, like during college, I tried to like lose weight and do all this stuff. So I would eat like the turkey breast sandwich for lunch or whatever with uh, like milk and water and like a salad. So like my commons experience isn't always like the best compared to others, but like they did a pretty decent job for what all things considered. Heck yeah, especially for the prices too. Not bad. I will say the stairs going up and down, you got to figure that out better. No, I loved it. You have to work for it. I mean, we used to live <laughs> on the third floor or the fourth floor of a building that didn't have an elevator. Yeah, so we just got to keep walking. It's not, right. it's not right, Jason. <laughs> I will say, funny memory, like my first weekend at Stout. So like first weekend, everyone goes out, right? I didn't. And now in life, I'm still like an early riser. So my, my roommate came back. It's like 7.30, 7-ish. My roommate comes, like he's been sleeping. I get out of bed. I'm like, oh boy, I can't wait to have my first meal. And I go up to the commons and they don't open till 10.30. I'm like, well, what am I going to do for three and a half hours? So every Sunday for that first semester, I would do my laundry, uh, do my homework, and then go get breakfast, and I had the rest of the Sunday open. Best plan ever. My fiance did not have that college experience. It was more like I woke up at seven a.m. to go drinking again. <laughs> so our college experiences are very much different, but it's a fun looking back at. Most definitely, yeah. I really enjoyed our college experience quite a bit. And then, uh, do you remember those fun dorm nights? You know, us on the couch, we're watching Chopped, and we're like. Pfft. I could do that, or you got to do this instead. Because, uh, welcome to the top right corner, Jason. You know, being an armchair expert for uh, chefs was definitely, um, we were in front of the line. Because now look at how big Top Chef is. Like all of these industries, that was us. We started it first. We were armchair quarterbacks for that. But yeah, definitely. So the top right corner, um, you know, I got to watch some pretty cool things this week. So no complaints, really. I saw the first episode of Moon Knight, which is that Disney Plus show. Uh, it's got Oscar, Oscar Isaac, and then mm-hmm. it's got, um, oh my gosh, the guy from Training Day, Ethan Hawking, Ethan Hawk. Um, you ever get your I don't push, know how. You ever get your shit pushed in, Jason? <laughs> Instant classic. It's um, But no, super good, super good show for you know a Disney Plus. You know, you got to rate it on a different scale. It's not like it's you know beautiful dramatic cinema or anything like that. It's just a fun show to watch and be intrigued by. Um, Oscar Isaac. Uh, was in Dune. I still haven't seen yet that yet, but I hear good things. And there's also an Ex Machina, which I am a huge fan of. So uh, gave him the benefit of the doubt. 
the show was cool. Ethan Hawke looks super creepy. Big fan of him, too. Uh, like we said, Training Day. Uh, Boyhood was also a classic. So that was pretty fun. And then uh, we've just been going back and watching a lot of the Disney Pixar movies that we've been missing. So we saw Soul. Definitely good. I give that one a four out of five. Touched the heartstrings. Uh, we also watched Encanto. That's like mm-hmm. a three out of five. Two point five out of five. I was not impressed very much. I was like, I was like, oh, these songs are pretty catchy. But then by the end of the movie, Jan and I didn't know anybody's name except for Bruno. Uh, we didn't quite understand what was going on there and who was the, you know, the traditional villain, which right. I understand they're trying to come away from the villain. It's like the grandma was wrong, but I don't know. Just didn't really do it for me. Didn't hit home. Too bad because after things like Coco and uh, Soul, I've been pumped about these kind of di- these Disney movies. So that was, sure. a, that was a swing and a miss. Soul, Soul is great. I'm a I'm a big fan of like the idea of like the soul or like purpose or just. You know, I, I find that pretty interesting. So I was a big fan of that when I saw it. Uh, yeah, same for Encanto. Kind of like, like I, I like to nitpick movies because, you know, armchair, whatever. But like sometimes the plot didn't make sense or I'm like, well, that was quick. Or like a resolution, like a re- resolution happened to a problem. It's like, well, two scenes later in a song, we are, we're all set. <laughs> yeah, yeah, most definitely. You know, the, the dissonance with the sister was kind of weird. Uh, the flower sister whoever mm-hmm. she was and then within like one song she's like whoa whoa i made a cactus oh hell yeah i'm cool now everything's chill <laughs> and i just said yeah i don't know i understand the symbolism but i don't know wasn't the yeah. best also how about you anything else from top right corner top right corner yes uh so i did i was able to see the first two episodes of the new halo show and uh the first one my 14 year old brain was in pure <laughs> ecstasy <laughs> Master Chief jumping, jumping out with a bar, and it's like, okay. <laughs> or an assault rifle, like, we got this. Even got a pistol and the scope, and it's like, oh, combat evolved. <laughs> but, yeah, the second episode, all talking, no action. So they hooked you in, where it's like, we got you, and now you gotta watch the rest of this and talk. And it's just like, okay, fine. Uh, but Well, you gotta get the exposition in somehow, you know? That you do. It can't all be running and shooting, you know? But what if it could? What, what is your definitive could. Halo? Like, what's your definitive Halo memory? Halo Two, for sure. Ryan Cam's. Uh, this is sixth grade. Ryan Cam's t- uh, upstairs bedroom. We would just play Halo every day after school, and it was just oh, the best. The highest level I ever got up to in multiplayer at the time was like twenty eight, and uh, you always knew. Did you ever do online or anything like that? Oh, for sure, for sure. So I don't know if you knew this, but like if you could shoot with a bar and do four rounds of bursts and have it be all headshot, like it would be an instant kill for that person. So like anytime Ryan and I would be in there and like someone would do that, we're just like, we're just going to leave. We're not good enough for this. (laughs) (laughs) You got to know your place. You know what I mean? Because like when you're you're playing against a battle rifle, that's exactly it. It's three of them will clear out your shield and then the headshot's all that really matters. It's insane. Yeah. Yeah. I, I spent too much time with that smidge. The, the SMG, when I really shouldn't have. <laughs> but it was so much fun. You could dual wield in, in Halo 2, couldn't you? Or is that Halo yeah. 3? Yeah, or, that made you yeah. feel incredible. <laughs> Don't you want to be an armored warrior with two guns blazing? <laughs> I do. God bless. And then one other thing I got to see today was the, was the or uh, this week, was the new updated Candyman. Oh, sure. Jordan Peele. Yep, he executive produced it. And it's a take on the 92 classic Candyman by the original name. And it was a nice, there's been this run of movies lately where it's, uh, 
you know, forget everything else that happened. We're just going to, it's a requel is the, the term for it. You know, Halloween, this Texas Chainsaw one that came out recently. Uh, this one, there's a couple other ones where it's taking the source material and just updating it for modern times and whatever else happened, like that can stay in the past, but this is the, the path we're forging. Uh, the kills were great, great kind of new story, kind of pumping it up or building into something new and just a fun take on it. Very socially conscious message that they're sending, but that also happened in the first one too. And, you know, at that time, you know, people didn't have the, the self, the, the awareness, so to speak, as there is now. So it, it, it rings true or it's, people say that it's a, it's a very in your face about it, but the first one was as well. We just didn't notice it. Hmm. Very interesting. See, and I like those a lot too. There's actually a new movie called X. Have you heard about this yet? The horror. Movie? I've heard. Of, I've seen. I've heard reviews. I haven't. I haven't clicked on them or anything. I've seen them and I've whatnot. But like, have you seen that or what do you what do you think? No, I've heard great things though. Actually, the director Ty West has made quite a few of these kind of movies. You know, he did House of the Devil and Sacrament, and then if you remember VHS, an instant classic. Um, so they're really thought provoking horror movies, and they kind of like sway which genre he's really trying to be in. So, like, VHS was definitely, like, your traditional, like, thriller, horror. And then House of the Devil was so much more, I don't know, methodical and slow and paced. I thought it was really good. But this new one, X, that he just directed, it's mm-hmm. almost like a it's a slasher. And it's like a play on, like, the, what is that called? Uh, sexploitation of, like, the early 70s and 80s. Yep. And so it's a play on, like, they're filming these porns, but then there's actually, like, a murderer who's there. So I don't know. looks super interesting. I listened to about two or three interviews with the director. Seems like a great time. I'm excited to check it out when it finally comes to me. Nice. I will say how's the, how's the devil bill or the, the one you referenced. Yeah. Uh, slow burn. Yeah. Very methodical pacing. And then the last 15 minutes, just pure mayhem. Yeah. I thought it was a really nicely done movie. Well shot and everything like that. So I don't generally I was... like horror movies, but I like horror movies that kind of make you think so. As long as it's not just all grotesque stuff, you know, I'm in. No torture porn, no no uh, hostile for you? No, and I think that's really actually where that line was drawn. Like, I didn't that like the Saw movies, but whatever. But then I was over at this girl's house, Danny, back in eighth grade, and we're sitting there watching <laughs> Hostel. And I'm like, this is terrible. And she's like, no, I think I like it a lot. I'm like, do you really like this? Or are you just kind of just going with it? You know, and it's just, I don't know. I don't know how you can like that kind of stuff have a hard yeah. time understanding that but there's people out there that love it and they're normal people just with weird sick sadistic fantasies <laughs> what what's the tattoo on there the the pig head or the, what's the i can't remember so weird neither can i i never saw it fully so i can't really talk too much i've just seen clips of it on youtube oh i see i see that's a nice clip hunting on youtube <laughs> i get a lot of uh restoration and fix it things and you get horror porn yeah let's look at our algorithms they're gonna be a bit different jesus oh well jason what a fun week it was uh we're gonna throw it to our our interview with danielle but end of the day we're gonna talk about where you can find us and reach out to us we do have a gmail account it's manambombpodcast at gmail uh would love to have other stout students on if you want to reach out questions comments concerns i would love to hear it love feedback open to everything uh we do have a twitter account manambompod it's where this episode gets tweeted out and i think i want to start posting some more like college pictures so like if there's a if, if we have like another roommate one or whatnot like we'll post a picture i'll post a picture like 
of us together. And it just kind of like shows who we were back then and just kind of say, like, hey, you know, we're all grown up now. And then as well, you can find me on the infamous, infamously named Watercolor Sunshine MK Instagram page if you just want pretty pictures. Yeah, really excited about the pictures. Um, I hope you get some good submissions. Uh, I'd like some throwbacks. Uh, maybe we'll reach out to some friends just to get some good ones. All PG-13, of course. All PG-13, of course. The 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 line is that undie run picture sophomore year. We don't cross <laughs> that line. That's where we go up to. Unbelievable. Forgot about that. You know what I just actually uh, shared the other day? My girlfriend was curious on what we did in college, and I showed the uh, Harlem Shake video out in front of Jarvis Hall. <laughs> yeah. That was you, quite uh, the experience. Did you show her my Cat Daddy video? I can send you that one. <laughs> oh my gosh, yes. God, when Cat Daddy was a thing for all of two minutes and Bill decided to learn that dance of them all. That's the dance I learned, yep. <laughs> oh God, brought in all the bitches. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, like that Cat Daddy, I'm just going to roll right on out of here, Jason. <laughs> all right, I'm really excited for the interview. Can't wait to hear from you again. I'll talk to you soon, Bill. Cool. Thanks, buddy. Hope you have a good night. Oh, bro, you got to do the when in doubt, go to stout. Okay, you're right, you're right. Okay. One, two, three. When yeah, in doubt, doubt go, go to the stout. stout. Why do you always wait for me to start? What's wrong with you? Why do you like wait on the go to stout part? Just got to say it. I'm trying to time with you. Okay. We'll get good at this someday. We'll get we'll good get at this someday. Someday. Hey, we're almost at 10 episodes. I didn't even think we'd make it to double digits to begin with. So I'm pretty proud that we can even get the when in doubt out. Yeah, what a fun and exciting experience. All right, talk to you next week, Bill. Okay, bye, Jason. Joining me now back on the part of the podcast where we interview a UW South alumni is Danielle Goss. She is the CEO and founder of Cool Mox, a non-alcoholic beverage company that I'm really excited for and I have some uh, personal uh, interest in, kind of been following it for a while. But most importantly, we did meet at Stout in Quantity Food Productions. And Danielle, do you remember anything about that class? I I do. I um, specifically remember the very well-known pancake breakfast that we prepared and, um, you know, the details beyond that are, are a little bit beyond me, but it was it was a good experience. I believe it was banana chocolate chip pancakes. Let's give ourselves some sort of credit. Here. Oh, you're right. You're right. It, it was a little bit more specialized. It was, than it just was a little classic. extra. Yes. We also had a <laughs> breakfast burrito. I believe a fruit we cup. We did. Yes. Okay. Okay. And some beverages, of course. Beverages. Yes. Uh, I remember we had one less person than everyone else. I don't know why we decided to be that cool group. And we, and we, I believe she said like no one did a breakfast in like years and we were the first ones to like revive it. And I felt pretty proud of that. Yeah. I, I think, you know, we had some great, uh, recording devices or communication devices. So our lean team pulled it off and I'm pretty sure we still had a packed house. So kudos to us. Kudos to us. That's that's all we need to know about QFP. Uh, yes. <laughs> I, every every hospitality student has to do QFP. You were a dietetics major, or I believe that's what I recall. Uh, yes. You were. So was that that was like optional, or it had to be incorporated somehow? Is that kind of right? No it it was uh, it was it was required um, as a part of our um, like 
uh, food production. Um, I don't even know what the requirement was called, but I know we had to take it. And uh, um, no, I, I think it was important. And it's it's funny with where I'm at today with um, what I do, a beverage quantity production. Um, it's a completely different game, but at the end of the day, producing quantity of anything requires, you know, a completely different uh, lens than just crafting something uh, for one or, or two people. That is true. Just thinking about the the way I feel we all kind of see the world now where we understand more of like supply chains or issues that occur and you're producing something on such a large scale that it's pretty crazy how it can get from here to anywhere in the country within a time limit. But yet all these things have to go right. And it's just, it's pretty interesting how we've come so far in such a short time. Yeah, for sure. And and for me, you know, that, that meant crafting my own mocktails from scratch in my kitchen to, um, yeah, looking at working with co-packers who can, you know, bring bring our business to life and, you know, bring that experience to consumers across the country. It's, it's, it's a fun transition, that's for sure. So all that fun stuff we'll save for later, but for now, let's, let's, let's reminisce about the good old days about stout. How did you end up there? How did I end up at stout? Well, I am a Durand, Wisconsin native, small town, grew up in the country. I ended up at Stout because I always had a passion for food and nutrition and just wellness in general. Dietetics and becoming a registered dietitian was something that really connected and was aligned with, you know, how I wanted to help people back when, you know, I was in high school, right? And learned about Stout's dietetics program. To be honest, I I probably would have wanted to venture further from home, but Stout was just so well known for their dietetics program. And, you know, it just, it just made a lot of sense. And and that's where I ended up and, and I wouldn't have wanted it any other way. Did, I will say you are first Wisconsin resident on the show. So congratulations and honor. All right. (laughs) Uh, I mean, what are we on a podcast episode 145 now? (laughs) Yeah, episode four. Yes. All right, there we go. (laughs) Uh, Did you did you look at any other schools or like were were other programs not up to like what you were expecting or your standards or? Um, at that time, I had looked at um other schools. Um, it's interesting as you get older. You, (laughs) I mean, you get older. You you mature. Your decisions are made differently. For me, the dietetics program was just super aligned and with, you know, what I wanted. Stout was really well known for not only having a great program, but really requiring a lot of field experience. So through the dietetics program, I had to put in a ton of field experience. And I think that was really valuable with just me understanding what the heck I was getting into versus just reading everything and learning about it through through courses. So that was great. I mean, I looked at other universities, but at the end of the day, that's just where I, where I ended up. And when, when it comes to like those dietetics classes that you were taking, and I'm sure they get more advanced as they go on, obviously, does it get into like the food chemistry of it along with like the history of how food is grown? Like, were there ever classes like that or? Yeah. I mean, a lot of dietetics is, is science and understanding anatomy, physiology, chemistry, 
And ultimately, if you're going to work in a hospital and provide tube feeding formulations and, you know, support people on dialysis, that needs someone who understands the biology and, um, you know, all of the special contraindications that may occur from, you know, certain foods or um, nutrients that someone may or may not be able to have um, when having those health conditions. So it's, it's much more uh, in depth than meets the eye. And I think, you know, of course, with the consumers nowadays, the amazing part about the internet and just all the resources out there is people are really trying to educate themselves. And I think that's helping everyone just get healthier and being more mindful about their choices. Um, but I think the part that probably a lot of people don't think about registered dietitians is the fact that there is a lot of very in-depth, very in-depth um, education around the science and, and the ins and outs of like the medical nutrition therapy piece. So when it comes back to, you know, what I learned at Stout in the courses we took, of course, food science and, and learning um, everything from farm to table and in between um, taking classes like QFP, like we mentioned, all that is super important, right? But the other side of it um, was really medical nutrition therapy driven, um, taking classes like biochemistry, um, uh, medical nutrition therapy, there's, there's a ton more that, uh, you know, in the last, I guess, two years of my degree really filled filled the gaps, crossed the T's, dotted the I's in terms of, you know, understanding that big picture of total health when it comes to nutrition and, and supporting the body functioning, right? For sure. That's something I've realized as I've, like, progressed later into adulthood is, like, cooking for yourself, at least, like, for me, is, like, the easiest way to, like, maintain a healthy lifestyle if you're constantly not going out to eat or constantly just bopping around, so to speak, like money gets lost all this, you gain so much more weight, at least I do. And I just know, like, I, I remember watching a documentary recently about like uh, food science and food consumption and how the, the easiest way to like maintain a healthy lifestyle is if you cook for yourself. And it's just like the, the natural things that you put in as opposed to like continuously processed food. Yeah. You know, a common term that gets tossed around is real food, right? Uh, whole food. Um, and of course, anytime that you are in control of what foods you're putting in your recipe is um, seeing exactly what's behind the plate that gets put in front of you at mealtime is, is going to su- su- uh, really set up anyone for the best the best chance of success. You know, you go to a restaurant, delicious meals. Um, However, a lot of times, yeah, they do contain, you know, more of a processed element to some extent, or that could mean um, that it is still scratch made, but a lot of times they add more sodium, fats and oils um, that really, you know, not only can beef up the (laughs) caloric content of a meal, but also just, you know, Sometimes they use ingredients that you're not used to consuming too. So all of a sudden you come home later and you feel like you want to just pass out on the couch. Um, Well, it could be because one, the the high calorie content of the meal, but two, you're just not used to consuming those foods. And um, it's, it's fun to do in moderation, of course, but yeah, best, best way to really manage and um, sustain a, a healthy 
nutrition plan is to really just know what you're putting in your body. And the best way to do that is when you're shopping for yourself, right? For sure. Do you do you kind of block out the meals we had at the commons, if that's the case? <laughs> the commons. Um, what? So I ate at the commons at the beginning of college. And then what was it? The terrace? Did you ever go to like North Campus? Like, did you ever live on North Campus? I or never what lived on North Campus. But what was the place I went with uh, some of my friends between morning classes where you could order two eggs plus that was the meal um Ooh, plus that sounds extra on that <laughs> on that uh debit card of ours i i don't even know what was behind it i just know you got two eggs your way and then whatever else at the beginning of college i'm pretty sure i lived like a hop across the street from the commons so that's where i went um and then, you know, living off campus, it was like, okay, got to find somewhere in between classes. And then I think it was called the Terrace was the place that I went to, to, you know, grab coffee, study, do all that good stuff and food in between. Oh, in the library, do you mean? No, I, I mean, trust oh, me, I spent okay. a lot of time in the library, but okay. gosh, I think it was the Terrace. Okay. <laughs> Maybe it's called something different now too. I have no idea. Oh, I'm sure. Oh, I'm sure. Do you do you have like a favorite stout day memory where you just think back? You're like, that was a solid day. At stout. Mm. stout or Menominee in general. I tend to just, you know, so the close whole all the those thing. memories into one word being stout. But <laughs> um, one day. Like for me, there was I, I remember I was a it was a game I was cheerleading for football on the sidelines like there was extra people in the crowd for some reason. It was a beautiful day. And it's like, oh, what a good day of Menominee, you know? I would have to say the match day. Match day is an application process that anyone who goes through the dietetics major, um, if you want to become a registered dietitian, you have to complete an accredited internship program or residency program, whatever uh, the program is called, depending on the location. And uh, essentially you spend months like working on these applications, submitting, and then something called match day happens, right? So you, along the way, you might get interviews, blah, blah, blah. Uh, I mean, I think I, I think I applied to maybe seven programs. The acceptance rate into getting an, into any program at the time I was in college was less than 50%. So it was very competitive. Um, and you also have to rank which one you want the most to the least. And that also impacts your ability to match. So it, it's a little bit complicated, but long story short, um, I had Mayo Clinic Rochester at the top of my list. And uh, my parents came up and we sat next to my laptop and match day was like 9 a.m., whatever day that was. Here it is, here it goes. Yeah, I... <laughs> I went to I went to uh, Acoustic Cafe with them. Actually, my place of work was Log Jam, but in in the unfortunate circumstance that I didn't match, I just really didn't feel like taking in that moment at Log Jam. Um, we're like, okay, let's do this here, and then we can run over to Log Jam if we get to celebrate. <laughs> Shout out to Acoustic Cafe, such the cutest little um, place, so the, lovely. Yes. Amazing. I, my favorite cafe in town for sure. I, I need to get back there. Um, so yeah, I, um, 
I clicked refresh and found out I got matched to Mayo Clinic in Rochester and it was a very amazing, exciting moment in my uh, senior year. And then, you know, we proceeded to celebrate and, you know, finish up our time at the cafe and head over to good old LJ. Um, was that the, was that the code name LJ? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, LJ was like my place throughout college. I started working there as a freshman and um, it still holds a very close place in my heart. They're, they're amazing people there. So. I wasn't one for the bars, but I was one for court oh, trip. I'll tell you that. Quick much. trip, my favorite gas station. Do you do you get anything from there, or is it just for the fact that they have like clean bathrooms and are always nice people? I mean, Either or. Can amazing. we just say it's all great? Um, a few yes. things that I guess I would add to that are in college. That was you know the main place to stop. Now in my you know post college life very much still my favorite place. My husband's an, a stout alumni as well. So we, we stop at KT's regularly. The coffee is just pretty stellar. Um, but overall, um, you know, they're, they're up in their game. I do really enjoy following their social media. They're, they're really catchy. And I, I, um, I get some good laughs out of that too. So overall, yeah, got to give the shout out to KT. KT Quick Trip. So with Danielle's Cool Mox Company, I do have an ad read prepared uh, for everyone to hear. So if you just want to give me the floor here. Yes, please, uh, let's so hear it. <laughs> let's hear it. With 2022 in full swing, everyone wants to be a little bit healthier, a little bit more health conscious about what they're doing. And that can be very easily done by easily just drinking more water or switch, switching out alcohol. That's where Cool Mox comes in. Cool Mox is an easy, fun, refreshing mocktail that gives you so many flavors without the burden of alcohol. Uh, so recently, about a year and a half ago, I stopped drinking alcohol, just woke up one day and I'm like, I don't have a taste for it anymore. And Danielle has kind of helped me like visualize the podcast because she was the first person I thought of like, who can I interview for a Stout-centric podcast that's doing amazing things in the world? Danielle. So... You're, you're a help to the podcast, whether you know it or not. So oh, thank you. That's awesome. But but Cool Mox uses natural flavors to give you the taste and feel of some of the best cocktails. Transport yourself to a fun and flirty beach with a delicious strawberry margarita, a classy night out of the town with a blackberry mojito, or a relaxing night with friends with a Moscow mule. Either way, it's a fun time to be had all around. For members of the podcast... You get a 15% off promo code for your first order at Mocktails. Do MBP15. If you're a Monambam podcast listener and a stout student, 20% off for you, MBP20 per 20. So get your cool mock today and have a fabulous Wow, time. look at that. I love how you connected the background imagery of our flavors. Um, very much take you there, right? It's all about the experience. That it is. So... Just saying, we'll team up one day. Everyone will work together. We'll rule the Wisconsin landscape of non-alcoholic beverages. Perfect. And then I gotta, sh I gotta throw out the shameless uh, uh, statistic of you know where things are at. We're we're, we're on yep. a rapid fire mission to be market leader in this space across the country. So um, knowing what consumption habits look like are really important to us. Um, and this is where it gets fun, right? That we're talking about like, you know, 
the the background of how we got where we are um, at this time. Being a dietitian, you know, I've always been super passionate about helping people live their best lives. And um, with Cool Knox, you look at the the current uh, alcohol consumption statistics, and at the beginning of the pandemic, people were drinking a lot. Um, you know, some ways to cope. Now, new stats are coming out that aren't very pretty related to alcohol. And um, we're here for communities who are, you know, people who aren't drinking, people who are drinking less or, you know, pregnant nursing mothers, of course. Um, but it gets really interesting because because of health and wellness, a lot of people are just reevaluating their relationship with alcohol. Many aren't choosing to live a sober lifestyle and uh, there's no wrong way either way. Um, it's a it's a choice. Um, but we're helping people just be more mindful about, you know, the way they choose to socialize and have a good time. So we, we keep the party going regardless of, you know, what you're looking to do. And the number one reason why people um, out there are looking um, to drink less is because they don't want the effects of alcohol. So, you know, like, let's keep it inclusive. Let's, let's allow people to still hang out and not feel like, They've got to leave because they're not drinking or, uh, you know, just feel left out. We're, we're on a mission to help everyone feel part of that social drinking experience. So um, I, I loved your, your shout out, you know, maybe in the future we'll have you uh, be the voiceover to our commercial wherever. Absolutely. <laughs> I'll, I'll give discounts for stout students. I'll, you get you don't get my full rate of free. Like you, you get free stuff. Daniel. Don't worry. We're going to work. This out okay. Together. Okay. To be continued. To be continued. Uh, but I do have some, some like questions in terms of like the, the consumption of it all. Uh, one is, so like I, I follow you like on LinkedIn and I see you like liking like alcoholic, like beverage posts or like, Hey, I was at this festival this weekend or whatnot. And I'm just curious, or I was thinking about like, is it hard having to partner with like alcoholic sponsors to get your name out there to be like, we're an alternative and we're this to get like, is it kind of like an all, like a rising tide raises all boats? Good question. So you're saying, is it hard to get into those opportunities because of the presence of big alcohol essentially? In a way, like, do you have to like, in a way, like dance with the devil? to be like known and to be out there? Um, so I guess my perspective on it is a little different. So we have chosen the strategy of partnering with beer distributors to bring our beverages to consumers across the country. Um, these people have been, you know, bringing craft drinks, domestic drinks, whatever it be in the alcohol space for, for decades, right? So they, they know a lot in terms of how to reach people, um, how, to, how to find those events where people are having good times. And we know, um, like from, in the event conversation, right? We know that when people are right. drinking alcoholic beverages, there are people who are looking to drink less or, or people who aren't drinking in general. And you know, this, this rise in the no and low alcohol category is, is amazing, right? It's just going to continue to grow and other markets have blown up. 
prior to the U.S. And it, for us, we're just in the in the very beginning stages. Um, but you've seen over the last year to two years, non-alcoholic beer really, really become more prevalent. Yeah. Yep. Or at least seeing commercials where it's like, what, the Heineken Zero? Yeah. There, there's like Bush. Yeah. Now. I mean, if you look at NA beer coolers and what they were two years ago to now, it's it's doubled at least. So you've got, you know, the big alcohol players like NA Bush, Heineken Zero Zero, um, Budweiser Zero, all that. And then you've got the craft brands. A big one out there is Athletic Brewing Company, um, Partake, and... Um, hairless dog. That's another one that's uh, closer here in the Midwest. But yeah, you're going to see a ton of NA beers, but um, not everyone is looking for a non-alcoholic beer. Um, I, I personally enjoy beers, but that's, that's, you know, people like variety. They like mixing it up and you want to talk about white shelf on this white space on the shelves. That's where Coolmox comes in. We have original handcrafted cocktails that are ready to drink. They taste great. You could literally grab a four pack to enjoy all day um, at an all day afternoon kind of gathering. And if you wanted to be social and hang out with beverages all afternoon, you could do it for 200 calories or less and not have the hangover. Um, and, And that's where it just gets really exciting, right? Because we're like beyond the beverages, we're helping people feel a part of that social experience um, in those settings. And uh, coming out of the pandemic, it, it just, we're given more opportunities to continue to make that happen. So coming back to your original question of, is it hard to work with, you know, the alcohol side of the business to grow the brand? I lean straight into that because those are the people that I need to help bring this cool mox experience to consumers so yeah it it's it's competitive it's wild um there are lots and lots of skews out there um but we're we're in it we have our foot full uh fully down on the gas pedal and um a lot of exciting things happening behind the scenes right now Awesome. And I will say that that social experience is very true. Uh, Dale, he was one of our, he was our second episode. He, when he was like younger in college, he was like, yeah, I didn't drink. So I just had to like hold a beer that was unopened or something just to make sure I felt included that he could like start talking to people in college. Or I was at a a family event recently and I wasn't drinking. And uh, my fiance is like, family is like, and you're okay with this. You're not like jealous. You don't get mad. And they're just like shocked that I don't drink. And she can have a good time and I'll drive or whatever. But it's just like, yeah, I'm still involved in this. I I still have a good time. It just doesn't have to be around this one. Yeah. Well, and you know what I've found, the more I talk with people and the more we've grown the brand, in addition to just like having a product, I just love learning about um, each person and how we meet them with with our products. And um, when it comes to what you just described, that like, fitting in inclusion piece of the drinking experience. It's almost like people are shy about talking about it. It's weird. It's kind of weird, but I'm, I'm freaking taking an ax hammer at that because I started talking about this in 2019 because of not finding options. When I was pregnant, we started the business when I was eight months pregnant and you know, I'm not pregnant anymore. 
I'm like the biggest Cool Max fan around. Of course, I'm going to be I'm the owner of the business. But um, now my relationship with alcohol continues to evolve. I I still enjoy, um, you know, glass of wine, craft beers, um, cocktails. All those are great. But my relationship with alcohol has evolved. One, my tolerance is not good. <laughs> um, two, I've got a lot of responsibilities and I don't have time to be hungover. And three, I'm a registered dietitian by trade. Wellness is really important to me. And uh, if I'm hanging out with with whoever on the weekend or just at home, I'll, you know, I'll grab one of my favorite uh, alcoholic beverages. Maybe I want a craft beer, right. right? And I'll have one of them. But if we have someone over at the house and we're hanging out and I just want to have social beverages, well, I get done having whatever beverage that is and I switch over to Coolmox for the rest of the night because it allows me to stay social, still, uh, you know, have a great time. And then I have a two-year-old and an eight-month-old. So <laughs> mama's got to wake up in the morning and, you know, keep crushing mom life. So that's that's why I've, uh, you know, chose to reevaluate it, if you will, my relationship with alcohol. I don't think it's been anything like um, written down or serious. It's just been like a really natural progression for myself. I mean, I've just changed, right? I'm a mom of two now, so. Well, congratulations on the on the healthy children. But yeah, it's it's obviously interesting how like if you reevaluate what how your body reacts to things, you should be listening to it. And it's like, well, my body isn't happy with me that I drank all this, so I probably shouldn't continue to do this. Yeah, it's it's funny. Um, it's not funny, but it's just interesting always learning about consumer habits because Americans have been you know, really focusing on health and wellness for more focused on health and wellness for over a decade now. And the one kind of like unspoken piece of that has always been alcohol, which is interesting, right? Because if you look at the stats behind alcohol consumption, it's, it's not very good for you. Um, (laughs) Well, you know, heart disease is the number one thing and, you know, it kills people in America and, you know, alcohol probably contributes a big portion of that. Yeah. Um, you know, Everybody's got, or no, every, everybody's got a Google search engine, right? Yeah. I um our at our um brand our brand stance is I mean, we do a little bit of education here and there, but there are amazing resources out there to educate on, you know, what alcohol consumption does. Um and we're here to meet people where they're at. But like I think that what I'm trying to say here is just there's a reason why people are finally reevaluating their relationship with alcohol, whether they're just slowing down, trying to have one less drink when they're out at dinner on Friday night, whatever that, whatever that looks like, right? Or maybe someone's taking a, I'm going to give a shout out to someone I just saw on LinkedIn this morning. He wrote a book called Boozeless Vacation, and now he lives an alcohol-free lifestyle. Um, I haven't even read the book yet, but I was like, it was a really good LinkedIn post and, uh, I, I'm curious to read the book, right? Like stories like that, I think are just going to become more common just because people are trying to be the best versions of themselves and they're just experimenting. And um, yeah, it's it's an exciting time from our perspective to be in the non-alcoholic beverage space, adult uh, non-alcoholic beverage For sure. Space. I feel like it's kind of catching it like the right time. Like I took time to re- reevaluate what made me happy in life. And that's, that's a different type of job or a different type of environment. And if with that comes like 
different choices in life. So it's kind of like a nice upswing, if, if that can be seen in terms of like everything that's horrible in this pandemic. But the upswing of like people seeing like I could live a healthier lifestyle and these are the ways to do it. Yeah, it's certainly I think you. This is the time when we wrap up the show. Uh, Danielle, thank you so much for joining me. Before you go, uh, if you want to give a shout out, a stout shout to one of a a former college friend you haven't thought of in a while, thought of just kind of someone to be like, I hope they're having a good day today. Oh, there are so many people that come to mind for me. So this is a really tough one. Um, I'm going to give a stout shout out to, to someone that I didn't go to school with. She did go to Stout though, and you know, it was very much a big part of my journey at Stout. So shout out to Kristen Shank. Um, I hope you're having an amazing day, and I still think of you often. Um, and I'm so proud of what you've you've accomplished over time and appreciate you supporting our business. Aw, so cute. So this is your time to cool mock, shout it out, whatever just brands, Instagram, Twitter. This is your time to get it all out here. Yeah, no, that, that sounds great. So Cool Max, we're, we're on a mission to keep the party going, helping everyone feel a part of the social drinking experience. Right now we have three delicious flavors. Um, we have the Mock Mule, the Blackberry Mojito, and the Strawberry Macarita. Our beverages are infused with spirit notes to mimic that classic cocktail experience. And, uh, you know, they're made with health and wellness in mind. So 50 calories or less, they don't contain anything artificial, non-GMO, caffeine-free. And, um, oh, and by the way, we're releasing a brand new lineup this summer. It's called the Adventure Collection. So Is this like breaking news right now? I hope it is. Um, I mean, kind of. We just made a post about it the other day. But, hey, we're, we're still uh, keeping a lot of details to ourselves. Um, in December of 2021, yes, just a few months ago, um, we released the party box, um, which is a six pack variety pack of our current lineup, two cans of each flavor. And this summer we are releasing a second variety pack, like I said, called the adventure collection. And it's, it's really exciting. You guys, I'm, uh, I'm super pumped. We have three new flavors. Um, and one of them is as low as 35 calories. Um, so that's cool. Um, and yeah, it's, it's just, they taste great. Um, I, I'm so excited to share, you know, what that looks like with everyone very soon. Um, but yeah, I mean, the best way to find us right now is, um, you know, go to your local store, check out the liquor liquor store side and look at the non-alcoholic section next to the NA beers in grocery. You can go to the, you know, adult non-alcoholic section as well and uh, find us there. If you don't find us, ask for us because we have distribution now. By the end of the year, we'll have distribution across half the country. And, uh, you know, the more people talk about it, the more opportunities will get to be on the shelves can't find us in stores, you know, check us out online, visit coolmax.com. See, um, we're working on a store locator right now. So that should be really resourceful, but then, um, you can, you can always order off of our website and we are selling on coolmax, um, page on Amazon. Be sure to follow us on social media. We have an Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok page trying to keep it exciting. 
uh, because we're a fun brand. We like to have a good time. Um, we're boozeless, not boring. Ooh, and like definitely, like yeah, yeah, it's a good, it's a good catch line. And um, trying to think if there's anything else I wanted to share. Oh, the, you know, probably the biggest emerging like increase in where you're going to see our beverages coming into the summer months will be a transition to on-premise. So bars, restaurants, festivals, events, um, we're working on some exciting things in that, uh, in that space. But again, if you want to see Cool Mox on your local menu, just talk to them, ask them if they can bring us in. And, uh, you know, likely we already have a distributor in that territory and we can make it happen. Excellent. Danielle, thank you so much for your time. Everyone be sure to check out Cool Mox. I know I'm a fan for the, for basically for life. So you have me. And so thank you so much for joining me. Hope you have a good rest of your day. Awesome. Thanks so much for having me. Appreciate uh, your time catching up with you. And uh, thanks for supporting the business.